Welcome to a Prevent Connect podcast, where we explore the prevention of violence against women. This is a project of the California Coalition Against Sexual Assault. Good morning. This is Chad Sniffen from Prevent Connect. We're talking about a new book called When Dating Becomes Dangerous, A Parent's Guide to Preventing Relationship Abuse, and we're joined by the authors. Patty Giggins is the Executive Director of Peace Over Violence, which is one of the first sexual assault, domestic violence, and youth violence prevention centers in the country. Good morning, Patty. How are you? Good morning, Chad. Nice to be here. And we're also joined by Barry Levy. Barry is the author of the book In Love and in Danger and is a social worker in Los Angeles, is on the faculty of UCLA, and is the founder of several sexual assault and domestic violence prevention organizations. Good morning, Barry. Good morning, Chad. Okay, so let's talk about your book. So tell me, Patty, why did you and Barry write the book, A Parent's Guide to Preventing Relationship Abuse? We decided to write this book for several reasons, both of our work in uh, domestic violence and sexual violence, it became apparent when we were working with teens that parents were often the last to know what was going on in the lives of their children, and especially when it had to do with relationships. And we realized that even our own movement wasn't paying attention to parents as well as we might have had. And now that teen dating violence has really actually become an issue that has gotten more attention, we felt that parents really needed some help, that they really were ignorant of a lot of the issues, they didn't know what to do, and they were greatly impacted. Their own relationship with one another as parents, as co-parents, were infected, infected is a good word, affected and infected by the turmoil and the chaos that any kind of relationship that has violence in it causes. And so we felt that Focusing on parents would do two things. One, it would relieve some of the suffering that the parents were going through and help them get off the roller coaster of teen dating violence. And uh, even equally as important and maybe even more important, they would be able to be advocates and allies for their children and be able to be more part of the solution, you know, as an aid and a help to their adolescents. So we interviewed a lot of parents and a lot of teens, and there were several times when we were able to interview a parent and actually their teenager. It was interesting the different views that each had about each other and the relationship. So if parents need support, they need guidance, and we feel that they are as violence prevention specialists and as, you know, violence prevention educators on all aspects of domestic violence, that it's really important that we also know what parents go through. And it's also important because of the push that we are all doing now, which is really focusing on healthy relationships. You know, before we started to study the cycle of violence in teen relationships, no one was really focusing on what a healthy relationship was. And so all of those reasons got us really wanting to go deeper on the issue of parents. I'd like to jump in to add that Patty and I came together on this, not just because of our work, but personally, because we're parents. And we've kind of been friends and struggled together over the years in supporting one another and dealing with our own children's growth and development and crises and what have you. We've both been advocates for years, and so we've been part of a movement, and we've been had these long heart-to-heart talks about gaps in the movement and ways in which we can strengthen the movement, and this is one of the ways we thought we could, as parents who are advocates and who really, as two people who really believe that violence can be prevented, we wanted to pull together all those aspects of our own lives and share this kind of passion that we have 
with other parents about how to help kids grow up to have healthy relationships. We were thrilled when Hazelden Publishing approached us about doing this book, and then when we told Mariska Hargitay, she runs the Joyful Heart Foundation, and of course their organization is very interested in these issues and in prevention. She was so kind to lend her name and to write the foreword to the book. I want to say that I'm using her quote a lot right now because she said, parents are the first and most important advocates in a child's life. And this book serves as a tool to support them in this pivotal role. And we just love that we have that endorsement from Mariska Hargitay and Joyful Heart Foundation. So this book isn't just the culmination of, you know, lots of many, many decades of work between the two of you of, of your experience and your own personal experiences, but also it sounds like a collaboration between a lot of professionals and a lot of people who, who've had the experience of dealing with teen dating violence in their lives. So could you talk a little bit about parents' role in this process of learning about teen dating violence and how learning about healthy relationships impacts both parents and teens? What is the value of parents in preventing teen dating violence? Well, as Patty just said, parents have a really important role to play. Parents help teens develop their abilities to have good relationships in all of their relationships with their peers as well as their intimate partners. Parents have a very important role because they influence children as they change, as they grow, as they develop more capabilities, more autonomy, more independence. Children go through the stages of adolescence, and as children's change, parents and parenting needs to change as well. So we found that as parents, we evolved from being the managers of our children's lives, in charge of almost everything that goes on with them, to becoming consultants. We did, and parents in general, provide an important connection. Staying connected with teens, we feel, is one of the most important aspects of our roles as parents, along with influencing their values, giving them information, giving them feedback, and really supporting their increasing ability to make decisions for themselves. Parents also think are important because they can encourage their children to think about their relationships, both in the present and in the future. That as parents, we talk with teens about their healthy relationships. We point out the features of good relationships that they see around them or that they see in their books and movies and videos, whatever it is that they're exposed to. And then as parents, we can open a dialogue where teens can think about what they are looking for in their relationships with boyfriends or girlfriends. We also help them begin to identify the differences between relationships that are built on respect and those that are not. It's a very important concept that we want to engage teens in conversing. And whether we're working as prevention specialists or as parents directly, that is something we can integrate into our everyday roles with teens and with supporting parents. We know parents are a tremendous resource for teens. They can be aware and informed. Parents foster good self-esteem. Parents can encourage teens to be assertive. They can help teens talk about sensitive and volatile issues that come up for them. We can help empower them. And one of the most important things we emphasize in our book is that communicating openly with teens and respecting their ideas and feelings. We influence them not only to have these kinds of good connections with ourselves, but by interacting with parents, teens learn how to interact in their own relationships as they develop and grow. So one of the most effective ways that parents teach children about healthy relationships is to model positive qualities in adults' relationships. And, you know, we all know, you talk to any parent, teens are listening and watching, even though we don't think they are. So they learn a lot. And, you know, we've also been very supportive with parents who weren't able to model healthy relationships in their own lives. A lot of the parents we've talked to actually were in abusive relationships themselves and have especially concerned about the kinds of relationships their kids will have. And so we really help parents who 
not experienced healthy relationships themselves to find ways to develop the kind of connection and communication with their teens that will make their kids' lives different. If I could answer what you're saying, Barry, we found that when working with parents, either directly when working with families or to these the seminars and workshops and the training that we've done, is that it becomes a, quite a self-reflective process for parents because, again, parents are, you know, nobody's perfect, number one, and we all have the experiences that we have in life. And, again, I think it's just a new thing to think about what is healthy. Often we can want to feel good in the moment. We know what that feels like. You know, what does it feel to feel happy in the moment? But over the long term, to really look at what healthy means. You know, I know my parents never talked to me about what's a healthy relationship when I was, you know, starting to go out and date as an adolescent. That didn't come up at all, you know. Yeah, and Patty and I have talked a lot about how much we all culturally assume that teens know what that is that they're looking for in their relationship. And yet we see this real disconnect between what teens say and what they actually experience. I want equality. I want just to be, this, you know, on the same page. You know, teens, you ask them what they're looking for. But then they don't notice that in their own relationships, they're not getting what they want. They're not behaving in the ways that they want. They don't have the skills. So part of what we emphasize in our book is that teens need encouragement and support to develop those skills. And any adult, parent or people who support parents or prevention educators, we can all help teens develop those skills. Another piece that we want to make sure we include has been a challenge for us as we got older, and that is a parent's role in dealing with online relationships and with the rapidly changing and expanding potential of technology to impact our teens' lives. So that's another important role, to keep informed about what's going on technologically that the teens are participating in, prevention educators as well to educate parents about that, and what are the Strengths. Teens have access to all kinds of information now. They can get support without ever going to a mental health center or to a violence prevention center. They don't even have to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. An online chat. They can get anything they want to know, mm-hmm. for better or for worse, online. And parents, too. There are a lot of supports and support and good information for parents online. But we also know that all of that online exposure is full of risks and vulnerabilities. So that's another thing that we that we tried to emphasize is how to use the strengths and how parents have a very important role in monitoring and doing something to minimize the risks that come to teens from all of that exposure. And none of these things, as much as they on the good side of this massive information, social media and internet that we have, from our perspective, we think that none of that is a substitute for a strong relationship that a teenager has with their parents or with a parenting adult or with a teacher or with some community members, that the relationship aspect, if you really want to have a healthy relationship, you really have to be able to practice that not only with your peer, with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, but to practice it with an adult. And so that's really, I think, one of the things that we stress in our books is about really having those important adult, teenager, adolescent relationships. And teachers have a role. Violence prevention educators have a role in all of that. I mean, I know that some of my staff working in schools that teach over violence, they've developed some critical relationships where the students come over after school because they want to talk to one of our prevention educators about something that's going on, and then they get referrals, they get support, they get help and guidance. And, again, this is what we do in our movement, reaching out to youth as we are, and it's, I don't think we can stress that enough. 
And in our book, When Dating Becomes Dangerous, it's one of the main points we make. And in doing parent workshops, which I've been doing for the past year or two, this is a very key piece, and that is that to follow up on what we've seen with teens who have abusive relationships, that those teens who have the best ways of coping with it and getting out of it or keeping their own strengths going while they're being undermined by an abusive partner, that the strong relationship that those teens have with their parents is what makes the difference. And if it's not a parent, then another adult. And both Barry and I have had experiences with our own children when they when they were younger in high school where they would uh, hear something from a friend and they'd say, would, would you come over and talk to my mom? <laughs> or, or they'd come home from school and say, you know, a friend of mine told me this. I'm not sure, so sure what I can do. What should I tell them? You know, what should I tell them to do? They're asking me. So in those ways, the parent can have influence on other youth via their own child. And also, children then and youth develop that peer educator quality because they do influence each other a lot. So you really want young people to have the right information. It sounds like the key aspect of what your book is about is developing these healthy relationships that will reinforce this opportunity for teens to see what healthy relationships look like, what a, what a non-abusive relationship looks like. When we talk to parents, we're not just talking about what they can say to their teens. We're talking about we really try to help them see that there are ways that they can have a strong tie, a connection with their with their children at any age. And that has to do with some qualities about how they relate to their teens. For example, a real challenge for parents is often to accept that teens make their own choices. Now, as Patty and I would say, whether we like it or not. Right. <laughs> but, you know, we want to help our teens learn how to make good choices. So to do that, we need to ask them about their points of view, about their opinions, their feelings, without there having to be a right or wrong answer all the time. Otherwise, teens will try to tell us what we want to hear. But if we really want them to think about their own decisions, about how to solve their own problems, how to be safe, they need to know that they can make mistakes and that we will listen as parents and that we will support them and accept that they make choices. A big piece of that is to resist that huge landmine that parents fall into, power struggles. It's so easy. That's the biggest issue during adolescence, obviously, between uh, parents and, and their teens. Is the power struggle. And often it's so challenging on both sides, obviously. What parents often do, and teens tell us all the time, oh, I, I can't tell my mother this or I can't tell my father this because they're going to overreact. They're going to get dramatic. They're going to, or they're going to, they're going to get mad at me or they're going to restrict me, you know. And so that's something that as parents, that's something we have to be aware of. And it's a skill to kind of keep yourself in check. When your child is telling you possibly some very dangerous and, and, and disturbing things. But it's so important that there is that phrase, do you want to keep the relationship? You know, so what you do and how you respond and how you react has to be within that boundary of I want to keep this relationship, I want to keep this dialogue going on, I want to be able to be helpful, I want to get as much information as I can, I don't want to shut down my child, I don't want them to cut off, I don't want them to run away, I don't want them to disappear. And so the other aspect is that we have to be careful that we're not over-controlling, especially if they're coming and reporting that they are in a problematic relationship or an abusive relationship, and you can see that they're being controlled by another person. And so as the parent, we want to swoop in, we want to fix it, we want to control the situation, 
and then we are kind of acting a little bit according to the protocol of a batterer. You know, we move in there, and for good, all for good reasons, you know, but ultimately what happens with that is that the relationship gets breached, and then it's harder to get it back. I often tell parents, don't put your child in the position of having to choose between you and the abusive boyfriend or girlfriend, because at any moment, they'll choose this person that they're romantically involved with. And you don't want to be in that position. We don't want to give kids those choices. We're there no matter what. That's the only way kids are safe. I think that you know, Chad, that one of the biggest vulnerabilities for teens who are being abused is the isolation. Absolutely, yeah. And so that connection, however you keep it going as a parent, is actually what keeps the kids safe. I also often talk to parents who have teens in abusive relationships. I'm also a therapist, so that's another way in which I wind up having these conversations. You know, where every time they see the daughter, for example, their daughter who's got this, what they call, loser boyfriend, they talk about the boyfriend. You're not seeing him again, or what did he do today? I mean, you know, the kind of real lot of negativity. And after a while, the teen doesn't, you know, the daughter doesn't even want to talk to them. But sure, if you yeah. say to your teen who's going through this, I know you're struggling. How about if we go to a movie together? How about if we take a walk? Or let's go get ice cream? Or, you know, do the things that bring you closer together and have that as an alternative to what's going on in the relationship, then the team will seek that out more, and then you have a bond and a connection that actually works in a positive way to counter the impact of the abuse. Yeah, and I think it's also important, we stress this idea of how as parents at this age, you know, in late adolescence, becoming more of the consultant, as Barry mentioned. It's so important, the idea that we are not the boss of the situation. We are not the master controller, but we are an influencer. We can still maintain our influence, but we have to educate ourselves. There was one, well, actually more than one interviewer, parents, mothers and fathers, pretty much all say to us, you need to know about this issue and how to deal with it before it happens. So again, obviously, education is a key to this. If you want to prevent something, you have to know about it, you know, and get pretty well-schooled in it and have your resources ready just in case, the way you would prepare for an earthquake and other things that we do prepare for. And we don't necessarily think that way, that we have to, you know, figure out adolescence when our kids in middle school, well, guess what? That's when we really have to start thinking about these things because, you know, teenagers now, it's the, the tweens. Mm-hmm. And now it's 10, 11, 12, 13-year-olds who are doing some form of of dating, and then there's just a lot of media impact on their lives. So they know a lot, not that they can manage what they know, but they are being influenced by a lot of information, much of it negative. Well, it is clearly apparent from this conversation that there is a lot for parents to know and parents to think about when it comes to teen dating violence prevention. So if I'm an educator working for one of your centers, how can I use this book in my prevention efforts? Prevention educators can use our book as a resource for the parents that they see, either to give it to them, to borrow, to read, or to recommend that they buy it. Prevention educators are often parents themselves. And there's a lot of information that all of us would need to have and can relate to. And once we connect as prevention educators as parents, then we have a more personal way of being able to connect with parents that we're working with around issues that come up for our kids. I think that this book has many very practical tips and useful information 
about how to have their own discussions with teens. We have whole sections on guidelines for conversations with teens, how to use opportunities, teachable moments to their advantage to open dialogues with teens about these very difficult issues, how to start conversations. So this is useful for both parents and for people who are around teens and who want to have dialogues and conversations with teens about relationships. And we include an appendix with handouts that you can actually use if you're doing workshops with parents. I think I mentioned earlier I've been doing workshops with parents and they have really responded to the information that's in this set of materials that I hand them and then we discuss them and they use their own experiences to relate to what's in this information. And then my experience is that parents have gone home with these materials and you actually tried them and come back very happy with how effective it's been to use just one or two of the different kinds of ideas that we've included in having casual conversations with teens about, oh, what did you think of that guy in the movie and what did you think about that show on TV? And then it wasn't a of conversation that was fraught with tension. It was very casual and smooth and actually very productive in terms of their connecting and in terms of the kids really thinking and being thoughtful about relationships in ways that parents don't often see teens thinking those ways. Right, right. And I think one of the things that there are a couple of chapters in the book that I think are very useful. We were very careful in framing some of the different aspects and the different chapters that we touch on. And the, the chapter called Speaking the Unspeakable, Talking to Your Teens About Sexual Violence, you know, that is the hardest thing to talk about. But not only parents, but teachers don't want to talk to teens about these things. In fact, we were running one group for teens last summer, and one of the youth, a young man, he must have been 16, he raised his hand. He said, you know, I can't talk to my parents about sex, and the teachers are not allowed to talk to us about sex, where are we supposed to go to get information? So, of course, part of the reason we don't talk about sexual violence is because it has the word S-E-X in, mm-hmm. you know, in sexual. That's a big burden to overcome. But I think we give a lot of information on how to do that in the book. And we also we cover parents of abusive teens, what happens if your teenager is the one who's being the abuser, whether it's male or female, and for parents of gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgendered teens. Also about using a legal system, kind of introducing that. So we try to be as comprehensive and ring as many bells that resonate for parents and parenting adults. And I think that parent, as prevention educators, in a way we are, by moments, parenting adults, <laughs> just like teachers <laughs> right. are, you know, in the school setting. So this sounds like a wonderful resource that people need access to. How can people get it? People can purchase When Dating Becomes Dangerous, A Parent's Guide to Preventing Relationship Abuse that's published by Hazelden on the Peace Over Violence website, peaceoverviolence.org, the shop online section. It's also available uh, at Amazon. It's available for the iPad and the Kindle version. We're really excited about that. Uh, It's pretty accessible. Well, thank you both for writing this book. I mean, it sounds like it's a wealth of resources, and it's going to be really important to a lot of teens and parents and a lot of people who have questions about what to do about teen dating violence in the lives of teens. Thank you for talking to us about it, and I look forward to reading it myself. Thank you, Chad. Thanks for having us. This is a great opportunity for us to talk with prevention educators. Yeah, thanks so much. It was fun. Thank you for listening to this Prevent Connect podcast. Prevent Connect is a project of the California Coalition Against Sexual Assault with funding from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The views presented on Prevent Connect are not necessarily the views of the United States government, the CDC, or CalCASA. To learn more about Prevent Connect, 
visit www.preventconnect.org. For more information about CalCASA's mission or to show your support, visit calcasa.org. That's C-A-L-C-A-S-A dot O-R-G.